Resolution 6, resolved that the members of the New York State Climate Action Council hereby approve the final scoping plan as presented at its December 19th, 2022 meeting. May I have a motion to approve the resolution? And do I have a second? Thank you. Given that our bylaws require an affirmative vote of at least 15 members of the council to approve this resolution, I will now ask Climate Action Council Secretary Valerie Milanovic to call each member by name to ask for your vote. When you hear name called, please signify that you either approve of the resolution by saying aye, or you disapprove by saying no. Co-Chair Harris. Aye. Co-Chair Sagos. Aye. Commissioner Ball. Aye. Chair Christian. Aye. Mario Salento. Aye. By a vote of 19 to three, the resolution is adopted. We have an approved scoping plan. On December 19th, the New York State Climate Action Council voted to approve a scoping plan to guide the state in meeting its goals of combating climate change. The plan contains recommendations for reducing carbon and climate impact in transportation, building, agriculture, electricity, waste, and more. Proponents claim that New York's plans are the most aggressive in the country. According to the scoping plan, a main goal is to achieve 70% renewable energy by 2030, 100% zero emission electricity by 2040, and net zero emissions statewide by 2050. After the vote, NYSERDA President and CEO Doreen M. Harris addressed the board. My vote is to enthusiastically approve this Climate Action Council final scoping plan. The plan as presented to the Council upholds three main principles of the work that we have advanced throughout this almost three-year process. Principle one, climate action. This plan demonstrates that climate action is not only necessary, but that delay is to be avoided. Delaying climate action has been shown to cost New Yorkers more. Therefore, I am in favor of undertaking this action now so we can begin delivering additional benefits to the New Yorkers we are acting on behalf of. As we implement our climate actions, certainly we will consider the on-the-ground issues and immediate costs and concerns of citizens and businesses. This is how we implement policy in the state of New York every day and will continue to do so. But our eye is on the prize and we in New York are wise to take climate action and have it serve as a model for the rest of the country. Principle two, climate justice. We have a plan that demonstrates how success can only be claimed when we have been able to advance and implement our climate action in a manner that addresses the issues of past decisions. Historically, underserved communities have not been included in the dialogue and that must change. Underserved communities have also not had sufficient access to clean energy in housing, education, and career opportunities, and that must also change. This plan is demonstrating how all disciplines around this table, energy, environment, education, transportation, labor, health, housing, industry, agriculture, have responsibilities to make sure that justice is an equal outcome to the changes in our day in day out business models. To put it simply, business as usual is no longer an option. 
I do agree with comments made at previous meetings that the economic opportunities we are looking to create through our climate planning have often been an unspoken undercurrent in this process. We simply do not succeed if our state economy is not better off for our activities in advancing this plan. I am beyond enthusiastic about the new industries and career opportunities that we are creating in New York. And as a product of upstate New York myself, I have never seen the level of opportunity that is at our doorstep in all parts of our state. DEC Commissioner and Co-Chair Basil Segos. The final scoping plan is big, it's bold, and it's visionary. It's the most comprehensive document for any state as it charts a path forward on addressing the climate crisis. It puts us on a path to net zero by 2050. This meets our greenhouse gas emission requirements and electrifies our state, reduces air pollution, creating healthier communities, and will literally save lives. It secures justice for communities that have borne the brunt of pollution for decades. It protects and expands jobs, including good paying union jobs, and puts New York in the forefront of this extraordinary clean energy economy that's booming around the country and around the world. This is a monumental achievement. You should all be proud. Of course, we know this, the climate crisis isn't going away. And while we can acknowledge the extraordinary challenges that we have in front of us, I did say, I think in the first meeting three years ago, that this would be the hardest thing that we ever undertook. And it wasn't the plan that would be hard. It was gonna be the work that was gonna be hard after the plan. But we have reason for optimism now. We have unique alignment in government, first time ever, federal, state, state of New York, many other states through the U.S. Climate Alliance, 24 other states also taking actions, and of course at the local level, with hundreds of municipalities here in New York also wanting to step up and take action. We have technologies now that we didn't have 10, 15 years ago, five years ago. We have businesses, right, that are looking to plant flag in the ground and create jobs based on this economy, and they're doing so already and of course the private investment behind that. We have a legally binding pathway now for disadvantaged communities. And that will help us address those disparities that these disadvantaged communities have felt for decades, if not generations. We have commitments to organized labor. We have organized labor now part of the Climate Action Council. And with all that, all that remains is, is our need to find the will to see this through to fulfill the promises of the law, to fulfill the work that you all have been doing and take advantage of this incredible opportunity. So I don't say this lightly. I think this will, will be one of the most consequential actions that we have ever undertaken uh, as a state and certainly professionally that any of us has ever undertaken. So on behalf of my three girls, I thank you for your work. Mario Salento, president of the New York State AFL-CIO spoke. I appreciate the time and the effort it took to ensure that the needs and concerns uh, of, of working men and women were addressed in this document, and I feel they have. We've come a long way since May. I think, in my opinion, we've been able to add uh, substantial, uh, significant labor protections and standards, not only for the current workforce, but for generations to come, and I think that's really the key here. And I look forward to working going forward with the governor, working with both houses of the legislature, working with all of the agencies involved, uh, moving to ensure that the labor standards and protections that that we have in this document are, are enacted in statute and in regulation. And I look forward to meaningful engagement uh, to ensure that portions of this plan that can be enacted unilaterally prioritize working men and women 
and their unions. And I just want to say to everyone on this on this council, I, I do thank you all for truly understanding and valuing the role uh, that working men and women will be playing in this process for years to come. The board heard from Donna D. Carolas of National Fuel and the president of the National Fuel Gas Distribution Corporation. I support many of the recommendations in the plan, but one is um, the adoption of more robust and uh, accelerated energy efficiency programs is, is sort of a first a no regrets way to reduce emissions. Also, the increased emphasis on the development of thermal energy networks by utilities and by others is a really important pathway for the future. And then, of course, the evaluation and consideration of the use of the natural gas distribution system to deliver renewable natural gas and hydrogen. And then especially the inclusion of a rigorously developed and very thorough gas transition framework, I think that was very good work. And I think that's going to really help guide um, the transformation going forward. Even with these positive inclusions, however, I do remain concerned that the scoping plan doesn't go far enough to ensure a responsible energy future for New York consumers. And through my uh, tenure on this council, from my perspective as the head of a, of a Western New York utility that serves communities with more than 1.6 million people, tens of thousands of businesses, small and large, um, I have continued to strongly voice the need that the scoping plan fully consider the impacts on consumers for residential homeowners, for businesses, for industry. And I've tried to offer constructive perspectives and alternatives that will allow us to meet the requirements of the CLCPA while preserving reliability, energy system resiliency, and an affordable transition. The plan is not a free pass, and while some worry about its costs, others, including our own Mark Dunley, have questions about its effectiveness, saying the reality is that this plan is actually a plan to make a plan. Hudson Mohawk Magazine will bring you much more coverage of the details and implications of this plan in the coming weeks. Reporting for Hudson Mohawk Magazine, this is Moses Nagel.